I gotta be honest because uh, well, yesterday, about fifteen minutes before I went live in the m- middle of preparing, it was about six forty-five in the morning. Suddenly, it felt like my brain just switched off, and things have been a little bit rough personally. I've been uh, burning a lot of calories, figuratively, well, and and literally. Just tired, drained, run down, and I thought I was just, uh, oh, you know, I I woke up too early, and couldn't fall back to sleep. It was, you know, I I try to wake up between five. I try to get up about five thirty. Six o'clock. And yesterday I woke up at four. So I figured that had something to do with it. And then over the course of my morning, I realized it was the news. It was the information that I was digging through to put together content for the show yesterday that I mean it bummed me out so much that I had a physical reaction and my brain said no more but I soldiered on and I think I think I need to relax my grip a little bit and do the kind of show that I want to do, which isn't, it's not the same show every day. I, I do think that there are some dire things happening in current events. But I also know that there's not much to be done about it. And that's where, that's that's when the depression sets in. So I've I've just decided that I'm going to maybe back off of the news a little bit unless it's something really exciting like there's there's this story um that I wasn't planning on getting into but it's on it's on the good news end of the spectrum. This guy Raylan Brunson has a lawsuit before the Supreme Court where he he's suing to have 338 members, I think 338 members of Congress, the vice president, and the president of the United States removed from office. And now this would be, I mean, of course, it, 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 it is a pipe dream. In my opinion. 
but the fact that it hasn't been just completely thrown out, it's it's before the the he he has a web website, RaylanBrunson.com. R A L A N D B R U N S O N dot com. Where he just posts little, I mean, it's like his own little social media page. He's got updates going back March 23rd, 2021. And whenever there's a new event, he posts an update. And the last one was November 30th, 2022. The Supreme Court of the United States has set the conference date. The nine justices will meet to discuss the case and decide by vote if they want to move it to a hearing where they will officially judge the case and decide by vote if defendants should be removed from office. So we're, we're getting down to it. We're going to have an answer. Almost two years later. But the fact that it's moving forward should encourage you. And I'll get into more of that, I'm sure, over the course of this podcast, because I'm not, I'm not going away. I don't, I don't want to go away. But I have to consider my mental health. Seriously. It's disturbing to really take in what's going on in the country. With all the the fraud indicators. And then you look at something like Brazil. Where they're they're in. I mean they're almost in full blown civil war. Because the two candidates. Bolsonaro and Lula. Were supposed to have had this close race. Where Lula eked out the win. But then all of the stories come in about fraud and irregularity. And then millions of people are in the street. And then the military starts to get involved. And then you realize that all of the players involved are the same global players that are trying to take over the planet. And it makes you think, hmm, I wonder how active their organization is in American elections. And then you see things like what's happening in China with the COVID-19 lockdown protests that are going on and the, and the response from the Chinese Communist Party, which is iron fist, boot on the neck, clear the streets, throw them all in prison to never be heard from again. I, I'm sure China loves prisoners. Prisoners work for free. Prisoners work for room and board. The best kind of... (laughs) The best kind of employee. Right? The one you own outright. And in America, we have the January 6th protesters. Which was simply... the, The whole January 6th ordeal was simply to send a message to the American public that said... If you protest against what we're doing and what we're about to do in perpetuity, we will use all of the resources at our disposal 
including Google and Apple, to find you, to invade your privacy, to read all of your text messages and emails and direct messages and see who you were communicating with and use that against you. Use that to spin a false narrative about what you were really up to and put you in prison. Because they own the judges. They own the juries. The level of control and corruption is astronomical. It's unbelievable. And that that gets to be a little bit discouraging to me. But I think the population has a quiet confidence and I think it's it's linked to the fact that we we have some control again in the political space but it still remains to be seen. There's also a lot of skepticism from the, you know, the learned political pundits, the insiders. They're skeptical of Mitch McConnell and his ties to China. They're they're skeptical of of Kevin McCarthy and his swampy roots. But the votes have yet to take place. I'm just I'm not I'm not holding out much hope. It's hard after being disappointed for so many years. And it seems like we're just going around the carousel. Wasn't it funny how suddenly everything flipped after the 2020 election? Then the other side was a... Then the... the the right was accusing the left of everything that the left had been accusing the right of for the previous four, six, eight years. Like, oh, it's just, now it's an away game. Same sport, different stadium. And for me, that's very discouraging. It exposes the the fake, synthetic, plasticky nature of, of what politics is. There's not two directions. There's just one direction and a bunch of distractions. No, I'm just being honest. My goal is to create entertaining content, and that might not include the news as much as you're used to. But one thing that's not discouraging is my numbers. I got my, uh, well, one of my year-end analytical data aggregates. And I was pleasantly surprised. Not not blown away. I know what, I mean, I'm at least lightly in touch with what's going on out there. But it's exciting, almost a little bit intimidating. I didn't realize there were that many of you listening to the show and I thank you thank you for listening to the show every day thank you for sharing the show 
as I know you are. Please leave me a review on your favorite podcast platform. Continue to share the show. Follow me on social media. I, I got to get on that. I got I to gotta branch out into some other social media platforms. Some other social media environments. But one, one thing in the old podcast years ago, when we were cruising right along before we got band hammered into oblivion. It was always, it was such a pain in the ass. Always, oh, you, you create one post on Facebook and then another one on Twitter and then another one on this new social media platform and that new social media platform. And, bef- and you know, before you know it, you've lost an hour just posting basically the same thing across all the platforms. And I feel like it, it feels, it's not the work, it's the authenticity. Like authenticity is very important for me. That That's another reason that I'm, I just feel compelled to let go of the news. Because if I'm, if I'm covering a story that I don't want to cover, is, is that authentic? When where's the line? When do I have an obligation to say what you're, what you, what I think you should hear versus what I want to cover? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I know a lot of the time my analysis of the of the news involves reading a headline and seeing right through it. Like um Breitbart had an article that talks about how universities in the United States were fundraising to um well I, I better find the article damn it okay so from breitbart the headline is u.s universities backed by soros and zuckerberg lobby for daca amnesty to preserve billion dollar profit pipeline now i'm not i'm not gonna get into reading it but what it seems like to me now now these these universities they want amnesty for illegal immigrants that came here when they were minors. And the first thing that pops into my mind is these universities want to make these illegal immigrants legal immigrants so that they can get loans to go to college. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but if the world is fueled by greed and corruption, which I think we can all agree is the case, at least for the leadership class. What other reason would universities in the United States have for lobbying amnesty for these immigrants? Now, I'm not saying, I mean, I don't, I don't haven't, 
given it a lot of thought, honestly. The people that came here as minors, people that were trafficked. I mean, this, this is an issue. A story just came out from Project Veritas about the Department of Health and Human Services actually trafficking kids to pimps, for lack of a better term. It's overbroad. Now, shouldn't, I mean, if, if, if these kids are in this country because they were trafficked here illegally, shouldn't we allow them? I mean, maybe they don't even know who their family is. There's a line. It's got to be taken on a case-by-case basis. There's not one blanket solution. But shouldn't these, shouldn't these kids be allowed to be here legally? Shouldn't they be able to go to college? They definitely shouldn't continue to be exploited the way illegal immigrants are exploited in this country. And don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean wide open borders and come in as often and as many as you want. That's what the corporate class wants. They want that cheap labor. They want the excuse to not pay health benefits. They want to exploit illegal immigrant labor. And the political class wants to steal their votes. But there's still a person involved. And a lot of them are good people. And if you were brought here illegally or brought here as a child being told that, you know, the the best life awaits you. And then you're trafficked into sex slavery. You need help. I, I want to help them. We should all want to help them because it's the right thing to do. But this is how this culture of corruption has infected our society. The evil crooks, the scammers, the New World Order acolytes use their media sycophants to prey on our emotions and allow them to do corrupt things in the name of oh, the greater good. Oh, we're helping the immigrants. Oh, we're, you know, helping disenfranchised people. We're making amends for the years of slavery that we forced on people of color. It's a game. It's just another marketing ploy. It's not authentic and it bothers me. I don't maybe that's why maybe that's why I used to always watch commercials and think what what about this? It, it was it was honestly more ads on the radio that would make me think what who is who is going through a store and thinking oh yeah i remember this commercial on the radio and that's what i'm going to buy how many times has that actually happened to you 
Usually I'm walking through a store going, I need this thing. What's the cheapest option? And then after doing that a few times, I realized, uh, the cheapest option really sucks. Maybe I should go for like a one, uh, one notch above that. You don't always want to buy the cheapest thing. You get disappointed. And that's, I mean, that's, that's another way that we've been totally screwed as consumers in our country with big tech platforms, Amazon, eBay, etc. They broke into the market with all of these great deals and now they're selling a bunch of Chinese garbage. And I hate it! Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the show. Please share it. Leave me a rate and review. I'll be back. Goodbye.